0: Is a Bramble Jam podcast. Hi, I'm Bran
1: and I love Hallmark movies. I'm Dan. I despise Hallmark movies.
2: I am Victor Webster and I've been in a few Hallmark movies. And this (laughs) This is (laughs) is the the Deck
1: the Hallmark Hallmark Podcast. podcast. yes it is
0: oh boy, oh boy. hello everybody happy wednesday another wednesday another fantastic interview i mean we haven't done it yet we haven't i feel but good i about feel it. good i feel good about it i, I feel, feel good. good about it victor webster welcome first time on deck the hallmark we're very happy to have you my friend
2: I'm happy to be here. That's a catchy tune. That just got me all warmed up. That's You're ready right. To go. That's right. right. You feel like you can do
0: a little like Irish dance to it Irish if you jig. want to. That's right.
2: For sure. <laughs> That's great. I'm doing a jig right here in my seat. Yeah, right. I love it. Victor, I love it. you
1: have IMDB credits all the way back to the nineteen nineties. So you've been doing this a while. <laughs> How does it feel to reach the pinnacle of Couple your years. career here on Deck the Hallmark?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, you really know you've made it. That's what? right. That's right. right. That's yeah, right. Yeah, 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 it
0: does look like you're maybe in a sauna. Are you in a <laughs> are sauna? You, are you what are in you, steam room? Where are you at right <laughs> are you now? You getting a good sweat? I'm in,
2: a, I'm in my little breakfast nook. It's got the best lighting. I'm far away from the construction that's outside. Normally, I would do this in the room that's in the back, but they're pounding away um, building a house back
0: there. So oh, it looks great, though. It Man, looks great. He thought yeah. it through. He thought it through he from did. an audio standpoint. He understands. And that's all uh, we can ask for. Are you a California guy?
2: Originally born in Calgary, Alberta, Canada which is like the Texas of Canada, basically, yeah. you know, oil and beef and rodeos and country music. And then I uh, moved to California when I was uh, 13 years old. So,
1: wow. me, when you say I, I was with you, you said like oil and, and beef, but then you said country music. Are they really listening to country music in Alberta, Calgary, Alberta?
2: Calgary is one of the biggest country music. They have country bars all over the place. They have the Calgary Stampede, which is one of the biggest rodeos um a whole week of chuck wagon races uh two-stepping they put sawdust on the floors Bring in mechanical bulls it's they got to import people from other provinces to come and work uh during that i mean i don't know what it's like now in these strange times but pre you know weirdness it was uh it was huge
0: wow, wow. do they, yeah. uh, do they have like barbecue like does it, it the whole texas package <laughs>
2: Well, they got everything, they got barbecue. I mean, Alberta beef is one of the you know, they've got amazing uh beef up there, so the, all the steaks and filet. And um, then in the mornings, they have pancake breakfasts, uh, where they serve you, you know, pancakes with a piece of bacon cooked into the pancake. Stop it!
1: Are you serious,
2: yeah. man? God, is real, God man. is real.
1: I can't believe that, that the South, like well, here in South Carolina, we get this you know, reputation of having, like, serving terrible food, fried everything. It sounds like people should be looking at Calgary, Alberta area is what it sounds like. A bacon, bacon, bacon in a pancake. pancake. I'm here for that. I love that. Yeah, let's do it,
0: man. Man, I just, every time I hear things about Canada, I'm like, this place is just magical. Yeah, why are we moving there? No kidding. It's just magical. Um, Victor, thanks for joining us. Um, You you just had Matchmaker, uh, what number is it? Third one? Third one? Third one. Yeah. yeah, that just aired. We're going to talk about that and a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, but first, take us back uh, to the beginning when you first kind of uh, fell in love with acting. What were you doing as a kid? Um, how did you first realize this was something you were into? And how did it evolve to kind of becoming something to pursue?
2: Oh, that's, that's such an interesting question. Um, I guess I started acting when I was really young, but... Um, without actually calling it acting so i had a whole trunk when i was a kid growing up there was a character on tv called mr dress up and he would dress up with all these different characters all the time so i had a trunk of costumes So I had weeks where I dressed up as James Bond and went to school. Uh, Then I went through like a Michael Jackson phase. Then I went through like a superhero phase where I'd wrap a towel around my neck and I I broke my leg jumping off the roof, looking (laughs) at the the towel, like flapping behind me. I was just (laughs) always playing all these different characters, you know? Um, I played Linus in the Snoopy play um, at school when I was a kid, but I never really wanted to pursue acting. It was just fun playing all these different characters. It wasn't until I was in my late 20s um, that I kind of fell into acting. Um, I mean, I'd done, I was a stockbroker at an import export company. I was teaching martial arts. Um, I sold ladies shoes, construction (laughs) donuts, door to door. Like I did everything you can imagine. Right.
1: Victor, Um, you just, you just, that sentence sentence gave us an hour to talk about. I I don't even know. Do you just threw in donuts door to door? Yeah. the last one, what am I supposed to, you got to just hold on real quick. First, First of all how old were you when you had the trunk of outfits
0: how old was that so I
2: was like 16 uh, i was, kid, so I was, yeah, I was uh, 26 uh i was uh i was i was probably eight nine so years old
1: your parents you're in alberta and your parents they just roll with it they're just like this is who we got this is our kid he's got a trunk yeah, out well, my,
2: my parents look around a lot you know i, I had really? to entertain myself my brother usually at school my dad was a police officer my mom uh, was a hairdresser she was at work all the time so I was left to my own devices and usually getting into some sort of trouble all the time
1: wow interesting and so when'd you pick up the martial arts side of things because if you were teaching martial arts that means you had to be pretty good in martial like are you a black belt or what, what what kind of martial arts are we talking
2: yeah, I've got two black belts. Um, <clears throat> one in taekwondo and one in brazilian jiu-jitsu. <laughs> oh,
1: that's you that's where you're at yeah, brazilian jiu-jitsu. We can spar right? all day long. Let's go. Yeah, let's do it. Let's
2: do it, man. At the end of the day a belt just holds up your pants, you know what I mean? It's, it doesn't really it doesn't really mean a lot. It's, that's uh, what it's all a the good goal that's to right? attain. <laughs> man but uh, i was a problem child you know i was always getting into trouble um and so my dad being a very strict uh, police officer is like oh that's not happening with my kid so he enrolled me in martial arts judo when i was nine years old
1: wow so when we talk about getting into trouble were you ever in like trouble with the law and got a break because old dad was working with the the police
2: Never got a break, but, uh, (laughs) possibly to the, 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 the previous statement.
1: (laughs) Possibly he won't go Uh, on record. So I, 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 I understand now you got two black belts and you're clearly still in good shape. Tell me about donuts door to door. He, he, he holds up his two black belts
0: and then he's like, and then he says, buy the donuts,
2: (laughs) (laughs) buy these donuts or else I will break you like a brick. Um, uh, yeah well i think i mean it wasn't a very good business for me because i eat more than i sold <laughs> um. So so I would go door to door and I would sell frozen donuts. I would have a little cooler strapped over my shoulder and then I would knock on the door and I'd be like, hey, Mrs. Johnson or whoever. If I knew the person, I'm like, hi, I'm selling donuts for this company. They're frozen. So, yeah, it it didn't it didn't go very well, Um, you know, obviously, because I would, you know, 10 o'clock at night, finish watching TV. I'd be like, I got some donuts in the freezer there. I think maybe I ended up paying out of pocket.
1: So, and I, I we're jumping all over the place, but I just feel like I have to cover all this before we get to acting because it's fascinating. You said you moved sure. to Ca- uh, California when you were 13. Your father is a police officer. Mom's a hairdresser. Seemed like two jobs that are pretty uh, set, like sedentary, stationary jobs that you wouldn't move. A big move from Canada to California. What mm-hmm. made this happen? What was the catalyst behind that big of a move?
2: Um... Well, my, my parents got divorced when I was nine. I moved when I was 13. My stepfather was a project manager for a construction company and he got sent to Southern California to build this hotel. Ah, there it is. Gotcha.
1: So how was yeah. that? Was that tough? I mean, 13 year old moving. I moved when I was 10 and I, it was brutal. How was that?
2: It was very, very, very different. I mean, I got my acid wash jean jacket. I'm listening to, you know, Motley Crue and White Snake. And I show up basically to the Beach Boys where you got zero period surfing class and, uh, you know, cut off uh, billabong shorts. Um, so, yeah, I took, uh, you know, I also had really long hair. I was a really, like, pretty kind of feminine kid. Um, so I got picked on a lot when I first got to school. Um and uh, that, that created some issues, but, you know, we got through it.
0: I'm just imagining A.C. Slater showing up at Bayside. That's right. Yeah, Zach yeah, yeah. Morris yeah. is trying to fit in. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly. what I'm I imagine.
1: It's hard for me to imagine Victor Webster with his two black belts getting picked on at school. <laughs> like, that's a tough one for me, but I, I, I'm i not saying it didn't happen. Yeah. But, uh, but I mean, man, that, that's no, I a mean, different environment that's where
2: a lot of the problems, my problem was, is I, I love training martial arts, but I didn't actually want to get into uh, altercations with people. Um, and so, you know, when people were picking on me, I would have a tendency just to walk away, right. which is what we're taught in actual martial right. arts. Right. Yeah. And sometimes it'd be tough and you just didn't have a choice and you'd have to stand up for yourself and, and, you know, then I would get in trouble for doing that. So it was, it was a really a double edged sword and. It was kind of a weird thing to navigate, but got through it.
0: So, uh, California, moving to California, when 13, we thirteen, wasn't the uh, beginning of falling in love with acting for you, uh, which you like uh, we would think you got to California, fall in love with acting. People are going there for that. You didn't. It was later on in life. And so, talk about you're doing all these jobs in your twenties. You're trying to to figure it out and survive. When did acting kind of be uh, become a thing where you're like, I want to, I want to try it here late in my twenties?
2: um well i went through a lot of stuff like i said you know all those jobs that i listed and you know many more um and then i did a little stint of modeling uh, when i was 18 and then um i was like this really isn't for me i mean i get to travel the world but it, it doesn't feel challenging for me like i'm not developing a skill i'm not you know there's no room to really grow um so then I stopped that and, you know, became a stockbroker and nightclub promoter and all the teaching martial arts. But then it uh, wasn't until I came back, I tried the modeling thing again in between jobs. I'm like, well, I want to travel, get paid for it. So I went and lived in Italy for eight months. I went and lived in Spain for four months. And that was absolutely incredible. And I got back and my modeling agent was like, you should try commercials. You know, you can make quite a bit of money in a very short period of time. And so I said, OK, started taking some commercial acting workshops and then really kind of started falling in love with acting. So I started taking acting uh, classes and I did one class a week. And then at one point I loved it so much. So I was doing four classes a week and I wow. really jumped in. I mean, I took theater classes in school and I went to college for a couple of years and did theater classes there. But like I said, it was fun. Um but it wasn't until that point when I jumped in and started doing three, four acting classes a week that I really fell in love with it.
0: Well, so like commercial acting workshops, is it like how to eat a burger without looking gross? Like what do you learn yeah. in commercial yeah. acting yeah. workshops?
2: Exactly. How not to get the special sauce right. all over That's yourself. That's right. Yeah. Um, it's basically, you know, how to how to work a room, how to slate, uh, where to look, how to do this, how to find your mark. You know, all the technical basic things. Um, you know, when a director says this, what do they mean? Yeah, and it's like the fundamentals getting,
0: of being on yeah. set.
2: Exactly. Yeah. You know, the stuff that you don't learn yeah. until you're actually on set. And it kind of prepares you a little bit. But a lot of it was just seeing yourself on Camera, so they would record you being put through reading script off a page or doing silly things you know interacting with your scene partner for this you know uh, phone commercial thing or whatever it is and then you would watch it at the end of class and you know i had a lot of really bad tics when i started i used to blink a lot and then i used to not know what to do with my hands and you know so it helped me really recognize that those were issues because um you know and i never didn't know that until you watch yourself and you know i come from a sports background so if I can see something, then I can fix it.
1: What What's the uh, What was the big commercial break for you? Like the first commercial you landed that would be memorable or that we would have heard of?
2: Oh, I did a Michael Bay-directed commercial. Wow. Um, for Levi's jeans, I know, right? The yeah. jeans just
0: explode. <laughs> that's right. There's just everywhere.
2: <laughs> There's really cool lens flares. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: so did you, let me ask you this, Michael, that's like I'm assuming mid to early 90s, Michael Bay isn't the household, and he's close. I mean, Michael Bay in the 90s direct, I'm pretty sure he was involved with Con Air and some other movies. Like, Michael Bay probably isn't the household name yet that he is now. What, what was he like on set? Like, was he, did he still have, like, a swagger about him? Did you could, like, because he is one of a kind from a personality standpoint. Love him or hate him, like, he stands out as a personality. Was that who he 100%. was? 100%.
2: I mean, he was great with me. Um, I had no problems whatsoever. But if you weren't pulling your weight, then that wasn't okay with him, which, you know, I understand if you're shooting a commercial, you've got a lot of money on the line. You've got a certain amount of time to do it. Um, he just didn't put up with any BS. But, you know, I was. I, when I work, I try to come as prepared, and I'm in it um, as a team player trying to make sure that we get everything done as quickly and as, as well as we possibly can do it.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Did your uh, modeling manager, you know, you mentioned that that person encouraged you to kind of do commercial stuff. Did that uh, person stay with you and start getting you gigs or did you at that point, once commercials start taking off, get a different type of manager and start pursuing other types of work in front of the camera?
2: No, they were part of an agency that had a commercial department and I just went with them. And then they started representing me theatrically. So the commercials happened. And then the natural progression at that point for, you know, a decent-looking guy with decent acting was to do uh, soap operas. So I started auditioning for soap operas, and that's when I really booked my first acting role.
1: In your first acting role, I, I see The Lot, which was a TV series. You had like one episode, but then it was Days of Our Lives. After that, And you were on eighty-four episodes of well, Days of Our Lives
2: and was, Sunset, so Beach. I went Sunset Beach. Yeah, and that was like I don't know, maybe two, three episodes. I played the bartender, and then it was Days of Our Lives for about a year and a half. And then I did a series regular on the lot, which only went one season. And the lot was the coolest show. Oh, that, it was one of AMC's, if not the first, one of the first scripted programming shows that they did themselves. And it was about a 1940s film studio. What? And I got to play like a Clark Gable type character. Oh my goodness. Um, and we took real life stories from the past and, and worked them into the scripts
1: wow and that's I, fascinating I, I want to watch this show and i can't it's hard to find any information uh, i got
2: to sword it. fight with michael york yeah um, michael york like
0: a, linda cartellini there's some like some like this looks great
2: yeah it was an awesome show yeah now,
0: really quickly forgive me for not knowing the ins and outs of days of our lives um but you're you were How the you. yeah i know <laughs> you were the second actor to play this character N- nicholas alamein you were the second actor
2: yeah i don't know how this all uh, the exact (laughs) number but he think he was nine years old when he left the show or something like that and then i came back a couple years later as a late 20s (laughs) and then i think think they might have even done another character nicholas after i left i'm not sure so
0: did you die let me ask you this they kill you off
2: no, I didn't die. I just left.
0: The uh, So you can still be
1: brought back. Guys, can, there's any, still hope. Nicholas Hallamain. Can, can still come back. Bring him yeah, back man. Tw- 20 years later. <laughs> the Not that if you were Shoot. dead, they couldn't bring you back. No, down, of course I mean, that not. Yes. That's, what's that, to, that's,
2: that's not out of the realm of possibility. I know this was sure.
1: 20 years ago, but what's the craziest storyline that Nicholas was a part of on Days of Our Lives?
2: I had the first ever. Um, how do I put this in PG terms? Okay, <laughs> um, do your
1: best, man. Whatever you got to do. We got an edit button. This isn't live.
2: Uh, below the South of the Border um, scene.
1: Wow, you had yeah. the first ever.
0: And days apparently history. the
2: first ever on daytime television. It was a dream sequence. I walk out of an office shower into like an office. I don't know why somebody would have a shower in their office, but <laughs> I walk out in the chapel and the, the character were you know smooching and doing all that stuff and then um you know you get the rest of the picture
1: <laughs> wow you made history did they uh did they train yeah, you for that at, uh
2: when you went to the commercial <laughs> things did they train you for that no, you're yeah, gonna just to, just to get into the acting workshop yeah
1: <laughs> you're gonna be in look it's gonna happen happens all of us we're in a scene this is shower office scene. Shower you're office, cut. we've been there <laughs> dude uh so 85 episodes 85 episodes on days of our lives Uh, You know, we've talked to some other actors who have been on soaps on this show, and they're going through you know, so many pages of dialogue in a day. I mean, it's crazy. Um, and cause most of the time, you know, you hear Hallmark shoots in 15 days and it's a feature length film. That seems like a lot, but from a pages standpoint, it's nothing compared to what you would do on a soap opera in a week. If you were working in a week, which do you prefer? Like, do you prefer that quick? I just kind of memorize everything. Or do you like, like, what's your best working environment from a film standpoint?
2: okay so uh, just just a little tidbit that i'll add before i answer that question um so i was where i worked for a year as a series regular on days of our lives and then two of the people in my storyline dropped off the show and didn't renew their contracts and so they didn't know what to do with me i was just kind of like floundering um so they let me go to recurring status and then brought me back you know a day or two a week or something like that and then i booked the lot started working on that full time so i had the f- you know, six, seven pages a day on the lot every single day. And then I would come in on the weekends and shoot days of our lives. The last day that I did days of our lives, I did 75 pages of dialogue. (laughs) 31 scenes. We shot it in five hours and then my character was gone. Oh my god! But that was also working on the other show during the week. So I felt like my brain was gonna explode. Um, But to answer the question you just asked, I, I like having a little bit of time. I start memorizing my dialogue three or four days in advance. I have a little app on my phone where I record the other person's lines and I listen to that and then just do my lines in between. I fold the laundry, I cook dinner, I take my dog on the walk. Every time I do a different thing, i do the lines a different way so i don't ever get set into doing something one way and the way i like to work is i never do a take the same way twice you know i do a different inflection or i throw a little ad lib in there or i do a little different something i kind of shoot from the hip a little bit more than maybe some actors but that's just the way i work
1: i love that have you, have you ever been on a hallmark movie set where you know you're only going to get one or two takes and you really are you the guy that wants a lot of takes? Like, are you like, hey, can we get one more of these? Or are you just comfortable with, hey, I understand, we only got one or two, let's move?
2: I'm, I'm, We only get one or two, let's move, unless I know that something needs to change, then I'll ask for one more. I know that I'll get something, I'll get an opportunity, one or two takes in the wide, one or two takes in the medium, one or two takes in the close-up, so I know I can mix and match in there, and I'll let the editors do the rest. But if I really think that... On a close-up, I didn't get where I wanted to go or deliver the message properly. I'll ask for one more, but I'm pretty reserved about asking for more takes. Was
0: it um, so? Was it days that allowed you to finally hang up the the donuts and uh, do acting full time? Was that was that when you were finally able to go for it?
2: I'll tell you, you know what? Once you once you get into the business, you get your first job. You're like, oh man, I'm there. Yeah. I'm I'm in. Let let's do this now. The jobs are just going to start rolling in. It's not like that, man. I I, I started off to a roaring start, right? Days of our lives. I got the lead on the lot. I got two years uh, guaranteed on Mutant X. Um, We ended up doing three. We're scheduled to do four, but they had a falling out with Fox. Um, So I went from one show to another show to another show. I'm like, and then I screen tested for Superman. um, When you say screen tested for
1: Superman, do you mean like to be Superman?
2: yeah put the suit on brett ratner was there you know did the whole thing it was me ashton kutcher i think paul walker uh mark blukas there's a few other people that were (laughs) in the running anyway that whole movie ended up getting scrapped but you know i thought whoa i'm in let's do this and then
1: (laughs) yeah yeah
2: (laughs) everything came to a screeching halt and i was like whoa okay not so much and then um but I never, I, since I've started acting, I haven't had to do anything else. I just had to learn very quickly that this business is peaks and valleys, ebbs and flows, save your money, invest wisely, and uh, just work your butt off. And it's a numbers game. You know? And you knew a
1: stockbroker, so that was good for you uh, early <laughs> on. Uh, yeah, but this is the thing. We, I know this is about you, Victor. Uh, Brandon looks very surprised you're not the first person to tell us that you had a Superman audition for a movie that never happened. Brandon, the Superman property, so many directors were attached. Tim Burton was attached. Wow. McG was attached. Brett Ratner was attached. They did screen tests. They did auditions. Luke McFarlane uh, auditioned for Superman with McGee directing. Brett Ratner, like there's so many. And then none of them, got, awesome. made. None of them got made. None of them got made. Brian Singer finally made one with Brandon Routh. But like- the fact that Thank all God. of these, yeah, no kidding. And, and, and uh, but like this Superman was something that they tried to remake for almost a decade That's before crazy. it actually finally got made again, which is wild. But I'll ha- tell
2: you, man, the the one that I auditioned for, um, the script was written by J.J. J. Abrams. Oh, what? Whoa. Oh, my goodness, was it amazing. You know how uh, when they came and they redid uh, Batman? Yeah. The whole origin.
1: Story? Nolan. Yeah.
2: I mean, they explained everything in this script like why he wears glasses because they were filled with little pieces of lead so that he didn't fry people until he learned to use his powers and that's why he put the glasses on it wasn't just a thing for a disguise everything had a reason it was so good the storyline was amazing, and it never got. I still have the script somewhere. It's absolutely incredible.
1: I want to read the script. Victor, a, how much can a, I pay <laughs> you to like scan it into me? Because JJ, I don't, I don't know how that one, didn't get made. There's a JJ Abrams <laughs> Superman out there. Yeah, J, well, JJ Abrams is shopping another version of Superman right now, from what I understand. Oh wow! He wants to make it again. Uh,
2: he's incredible. He's one of my yeah. favorite directors. Well, he wants
1: to direct it this time, but I just I, Brett Ratner. Well, Brett Ratner has a Michael Bay kind of aura about him, and people talk about him. It's a love hate thing but like brett ratner made the rush hour movies made yeah. the third x-men movie yeah. like Brett uh, awesome. j.j abrams direct or j.j abrams writing brett ratner directing how does that movie not get made like how does that fall through the cracks
2: i mean i heard all kinds of rumors i don't know anything for sure yeah that's that, you know it's hollywood it's hollywood there's so many moving parts uh to getting something made um it's it's really hard to say why something does or doesn't. that's
1: crazy listen I, I do have to ask this because we're 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 uh, you know hurtling forward and you've got such a career that I feel like I could hear stories from everything you did. Um, you know, days of our lives, 99 to 2000 in 2001, you were on, uh, at least by IMDB standards, one, two, three, four, five different TV shows. Um, and, and then you, you pick up, uh, the, the series regular and mutant X in Oh one as well. So you're a busy dude in Oh one. I mean, you are just, you, you're on everything in Oh one. You must have been going to auditions left and right, and and my question is, and I ask this to every actor, is there a particularly bad audition, like a bad like <laughs> that that you can remember, just one where you went in and you just left, going, "Man, life doesn't get worse than this." That was oh, awful. Oh my goodness! I've
2: got a really, I've got a, quite a few, but I got one that sticks out of my mind. It's for one of the biggest casting directors in Hollywood. I think it was it was for like a werewolf thing, maybe an underworld movie. I don't know. I don't really remember. But so my character goes through a lot of loss in 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 the script. And so one of the scenes they picked was at the end, I'm on this phone call, I get a phone call. Actually, no, this wasn't, it was for a, a um, It's for, it was like a, um, a drama movie. Anyway, um, so it goes through a lot of loss. I get a phone call. So in the scene, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna use my phone. I have to cry in the scene. <laughs> I picked my phone is turned off, but I had one of those phones where you touch one of the buttons and the phone turns back on. Oh, no. So I did. So I'm on my phone doing the scene. I'm, I'm getting to the point. I'm getting to the point. Ding, 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 ding. Oh no. Voice message alerts come through. Casting director's like, okay, try again. Like, turn my phone off. Turn it off, <laughs> off, off. Oh, no. Go to use it again. Now um, I'm doing the scene again. My phone starts ringing. No. It turns on again. Now I'm just getting pissed, and I'm supposed to be getting emotional and, like, cry. So then I take the battery out of my phone. I'm, like, all aggressive about it. I'm, like, ah, I'm <laughs> throw it on the ground. Take my phone. Now it has no battery in it whatsoever. I'm talking on the phone. This is one of those old, like, Nokia brick phones. Yeah. And I'm talking on the phone, and I'm getting there. And it's awesome. I start, like, tearing up, and I start crying. And, like, you know, snot is coming out of my nose. <laughs> like, I look down. Snot is not coming out of my nose it's blood (gasps) my nose starts bleeding i start bleeding all over the carpet of the casting director's floor and she's just like "Uh, somebody get him a tissue please somebody and it's like you know i get allergies and i get really dry during certain types of years sometimes my nose bleeds you know i don't know if you guys have that issue oh yeah anyway so i'm like crying in the scene i got this like blood all over the ground i'm like on my hands and knees trying to scrub it (laughs) up and like (laughs) like And they're like, don't worry about it. We'll have it professionally cleaned. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) Stuck the tissue up my nose and walked out the door. And you did not book that one,
1: I don't think. I did not book that one. (laughs) (laughs) Man.
2: What well, you didn't wild. know is we
0: were looking for someone with a nosebleed. That's <laughs> perfect. It
2: was you. Oh my goodness! Oh, it was really embarrassing. I don't think I've ever seen that casting director ever again. Uh, Get out of town.
1: That usually is how those stories end. By the way, and that that well, casting I'll tell you, director never. a
2: lot of never... casting directors they have a little book and they write in their book yeah. and they write the person's name. And I'm sure now they do it on the computer, but they'll write, you know, nosebleed guy, don't ever bring back again or something like that. Like they don't give you. Chance and they don't. I guess sometimes they just don't think that you can grow and learn, and you know maybe you're just having a bad day. Sometimes they just hold a grudge against you and never see you again. I have one casting director that didn't see me for ten years. Finally, my manager convinced them to see me again, and I booked the job that I auditioned for. Wow. And I, I, now I see them all the time. Wow,
1: so, man. Yeah. Let's talk about high pressure, man. If you get be- a lot
2: of pressure, man, crazy. it's a lot of no, a lot of doors being slammed in your face, and it's it's like You'll go on hundreds of auditions and maybe book a couple, and one of those can change your career, and one of those could just put a little bit of money in the bank.
1: Well, and, I mean, you've you know. done so much, and, and I, I've got so many questions, and I we'll just have to have you back on, obviously, but, like, are you still grinding like that? Like, are you still going on that many auditions? I mean, it seems like you're, a, I mean, you're an offer guy on Hallmark, and you've pretty much done, so, I mean, you've done so much. Are you still, like, doing a hundred auditions every, like, are you, are you, are you that active? No, no.
2: We're, I'm doing a few more. The business has changed a lot. Um, and the, the climate of the business has changed a lot. You know, I'm in my late forties now. Um, there's different roles. Um, the, where the business kind of is right now is not necessarily for a, a mid to late forties, um, Caucasian actor, uh, but there's still some really good roles out there and we're also a little more picky and choosy about the things that we do um, but yeah I'm still doing uh, auditions uh, everything's done on tape now you don't go and see anybody in a room anymore which I like because uh, I can direct myself and give myself notes and then do it again and you yeah know. for sure yeah it's you're always the thing about this business is there's always the next level so you get to one level and you're like okay to get to the next level you need to basically start all over again wow. and that just repeats and repeats and repeats so until you're doing you know brad pitt level work you're constantly breaking through to the next level and starting all over again
0: yeah you mentioned after uh, mutant x things dried up a little bit for <laughs> you you're just kind of doing one offs mm-hmm. an episode here an episode there Um, Was there a point where you were just so discouraged or frustrated that you were willing to hang it up? Did it ever cross your mind to do that after having such a, just a a blitz of a start and just getting boom, boom, great roles, long, long lasting. And then it dries up a little bit. What was that like for you as an actor, but also as a, a, a person who wants to do this and love it and also live
2: Yeah, I mean, that's kind of a recurring theme. I kind of fight with staying in this business all the time. (laughs) Sometimes I'll just be like, oh, you know, I wanna go and do something else. Uh, What can I do that gives me the freedom um, to travel and to to have some time off and to do the things that I love to do and still make the money to get by. Um, But I really love what I do. yeah, there's, there's quite a few times where I, you know, questioned things and really did some soul searching as to whether or not I wanted to stay in the business. And it's the business is kind of funny. Like the business is almost alive in the sense that as soon as it can feel you um, walking away from it, it gives you a little something to keep you in.
1: Yeah, it's a godfather.
2: <laughs> you know, it's like I can't tell you how many people, you know, like. I think Robert Pattinson has a story where he came home from his Twilight audition to find an eviction notice on his door. And he's like, this is my last audition. I'm not doing this anymore. If I don't book this one, I'm out. And he books it. And he is now like I have some stories like that, too, where I'm just like, you know, this is my last audition. I'm not doing this anymore. And then all of a sudden booked it. And then it's like if you really really want it so bad and it's like you know holding your hands trying to hold water in your hands if you try and squeeze that it just it goes between your fingers you can't actually like grab a hold of it it's very elusive the business is that sense if you're desperate for it it also does not um provide for you so mm-hmm. it's 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 weird
1: Yeah uh I've so you've been either a regular recurring or you've been on a show over in more than five episodes on a well over a half dozen television programs. So where you were around for more than one episode, I'm not talking about showing up for one episode of CSI. I'm talking about five, six episodes. (laughs) I'm talking about you've been there and been a presence on that show that fans of the show would see you and go, Oh, I know you, you were on X which of those shows, um, because everyone always says they work with the best crew in the business and the crew's amazing and the cast is amazing, blah, blah, blah. We're like a big family, blah, blah, blah. And that's how the business is. Cause if you're not nice, people won't hire you. But which of those shows felt like the most of that was the actual best cast crew family environment? Like which one was the best? The one that felt like you just was your, or, or was your favorite?
2: I mean, I'll be honest with you. You made one statement there. If you're not nice, people won't hire you. That That is completely untrue in this business. <laughs> if, if <you> have, <laughs> and, and, and I don't come across that very often. But there are some, some divas, men and women, that I've worked with that are absolute um, horrible people to work with. And they keep working. Um, but it's because they have some sort of a a uh, value to to distributors or to production companies and you know they know that people want to see them whether they have you know a million or two million followers on instagram or you know distributors really like them because they were a lead in this movie with this person and they know that they can you know sell them in in certain foreign districts based on their name whatever it is but they keep working uh you know um, but I, I've worked on quite a few and I'm Canadian, so I've worked on a lot of Canadian productions. Um, so everybody up there is generally nicer. <laughs> but I would have to say um, of all of them, uh, Continuum was probably the most family. Like I would go out and have drinks with the grips or I'd go to the, you know, camera truck afterwards and have a beer. Or I'd hang out with our cast um and do like um mystery um uh, you know play board games and go to movies and things like that. Oh, awesome. And I knew everybody's name and I knew what their kids were up to and that that probably felt the most uh family oriented and I did that show for four years.
1: Wow. Yeah. And all in my last T V Question: I know Brand's got questions. You did CSI, CSI Miami, NCIS. Wh- which which shows? <laughs> which show is the best to work on of those three?
2: Oh, if I had my sunglasses, I'd have to do the David. David, Caruso, but David Caruso it's, right. that, it's funny they've got a certain color palette on that yes. show. Yes, and if you watch their shows, you'll see a certain color palette throughout the show. Whether it be blue, orange, and green, and everything has a blue, orange, or green tint. Um, that was a super fun show. Um, and I like, you know, you'll notice when I play the leads on stuff, I'm usually the good guy when I do like one offs or a couple episodes, a lot of times yeah. I'm the bad guy. So That's I right. get to mix it up in my career doing that.
1: Which do you prefer? Do you like to be in the good, do you like being the villain or you like being the good guy?
2: I really like playing, um, villains a lot, um, because it's so opposite of my character so to speak um i'll be the guy that'll stop my car in the middle of the road to help an old lady cross the street you know so to play a villain um is really really fun because it allows me to really act and find a character rather than just playing a version of myself
0: no, i'm not Love buying it. it i don't think you're that nice I ain't buying <laughs> it uh wh- you you've done so many different types of roles and and genres and stuff like that is there a, a type of character or a type of a uh, film that you haven't gotten to do yet that you would love to do, um, you know, uh, eventually.
2: I mean, along those same lines, I'd love to play a really, really dark character. Like, um, I don't know. Um, a serial killer would be interesting. Um, somebody, you know, that has a lot of layers, maybe somebody that wasn't that way to begin with. And then stuff happened in his life and you see the transition. Um, the joker um joaquin phoenix's yeah. joker seeing that transition something like that as a challenge would be absolutely incredible
0: wow. is uh were you about to no, start no. It? go for it um so i i lost it when i thought you raised your hand so you go ahead and then i'll get it back that's fine um <laughs>
1: you, is there a particular like are you a big movie goer do you like to watch do you like to watch films I
2: love movies.
1: okay so what's absolutely. your what's your go-to like what's your favorite movie like, or your, or your go-to movie that you're like, this is, this is it. This is, this is, this is the thing.
2: I mean, genre or a specific movie from I'm like, I'm, if it's a rainy day, I'm going to throw something in.
1: Yeah. Rainy day, throw something in. And then I'd love to hear your favorite movie too. Like just in general.
2: Okay. So rainy day, throw something in is probably big trouble in little China oh, or yeah. Anchorman.
1: Okay. Okay.
2: Um, yeah, or an old Bruce Lee movie, maybe um, genre. I love action comedies. Uh, you mentioned the rush hour franchise earlier. I think those are super fun. Um, I really like a lot of these new superhero movies where they're infusing a lot of comedy into them.
1: Yeah, have you have you gotten to uh, u- utilize your martial arts in like hmm. much during the TV? Like, is there something that I could go and find you like and watch you where you're using your like had that? Has that ever helped you get a job in one of these shows?
2: Yeah, I've done a bunch of action movies. I did two Scorpion King movies.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, that's I did
2: right. a fight scene uh, with probably about, I don't know, there's 400 extras, and I had a massive fight scene. I got picked up by an elephant and thrown <laughs> and tore my ACL and had no, to way. fight for two days on a torn ACL. Wow. Um, I almost got decapitated, uh, you know, riding a camel.
1: (laughs) I mean, wait a minute. Uh, Did you get thrown by an actual elephant? Like a real
2: elephant? Yeah. So we were shooting a movie, uh, (laughs) Scorpion King 3, in Thailand. And part of the thing was a ninja or ninja-like character kicks me into an elephant. The elephant wraps his tusk around me, picks me up and throws me. What? And we had to train the elephant to do that. And I didn't have a stunt double in those movies. So I had to do all of the oh, stunts and martial arts stuff myself. Oh, I tackled Kimbo Slice off of a 30-foot waterfall. Um, all kinds of <laughs> what um, was Kimbo it, it, I mean, Slice of- doing in
1: the movies? What what, what what movies Kimbo Slice
2: in? He played one of the bad guys in Scorpion King. Uh <laughs> Three, Dave that I think it was his first acting role. He was in that as well. Ron Perlman was in that. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. So, dude, dude, the I
1: actual don't... elephant picks you up by his tusk and throws you in the air. Yep. And you tear your about, ACL.
2: About 13 times. And on the last time um, is when my ACL tore. And we had 400 <laughs> extras. We're out six hours away from the nearest city um, I'm like, just give me six Advil. Let's keep going. So, to and we had to adapt the fight scenes because now I had a limp. And so we had to change the fight scene and have one of the guys stab me in the leg with a knife. So it made sense that I'd have a limp. And I had right after that, I had to chase an ATV with the cameraman on the back and I'm full speed running after this group of ninjas <laughs> and, uh, on a torn ACL. And I'm like, I'm doing this once. We're doing this one time, ready to roll. Let's go. You don't get it. We're done because I can barely stand on my leg right now. And I full, spree, full speed sprinted after this ATV with a camera guy. And that was it. And then we had to finish the next day with a fight scene and, and went to the hospital in Thailand. and I had a 40% tear in my ACL. So,
1: and I, I just, there's so, Victor, you just have to come back every week <laughs> so we can hear these stories. I know you just, come on. It's COVID. You don't have anything to do. Just come on. <laughs> I I just want to get this straight, and it's hard for me to get over. You were thrown from an elephant tusk 13 times, and on the 13th one, did you ask for that take? Did you? Were you like, can we get one Guys, I can fall better. I can fall better. (laughs) What in the world, man?
2: Uh, This was uh, the director a lot of times in fight scenes, uh, as you guys know, they shoot pieces. Yeah. Yeah. They shoot the first six or seven moves, the second six or seven moves. This director didn't like to do that. He wanted to shoot the whole thing as a master. So this was at the end of the fight scene. So this was 13 full, full fight scenes. Punches, kicks, spinning kicks, um, sword work, all kinds of stuff. And this was at the end. So I was completely depleted. It just so happened that we didn't clear the ground well enough. And there was an embedded rock that was sticking up about three inches to a point And I landed right on that. And oh. that's what tore my knee.
0: Ooh.
1: Unbelievable.
2: That being said, elephants are one of my favorite creatures, and they're incredible, and they're beautiful. Well, and it wasn't I his guess, fault. And Here let's the the talk is, about
0: Matchmaker you, now. You you did, you saw, you did <laughs>
1: saw signed up for Scorpion King 4 Quest for Power, so it didn't stop you from stop you. Re- recurring that role no. uh, uh, in the next one. I've,
2: uh, I've broken almost every bone in my body doing various things. I'm a, I'm a crazy adventure seeker, motorcycle, skydiving, rock climbing, like all this stuff. So... It, getting hurt is just part of the game. You know, there's a saying, it's like fun costs blood and, oh. uh, <laughs> hard pass, Vic. hard <laughs> pass. Is, uh, yeah, it's just something that I, I love to do. So it, no, it didn't scare me. Like the thought of going now to Romania and shooting in these castles and jumping off these walls and riding camels and doing it was—it's um it's like the, for me that is I'm all in. Let's go.
1: I was going to really talk really good about you in in Five Star Christmas, but now I feel like you're just being wasted in these movies. <laughs> like what are we even doing with Victor Webster in here, <laughs> just like kissing the girl at the end of the movie and hey, just hey. sitting around his hometown the whole movie. Like are you kidding me right well, now? Well now we know why. <laughs> he was willing to uh,
0: sing Blue Christmas. It was a thrill. That's it right. was a thrill. That's right. At the oh, universe. my
2: goodness. That was scary, guys. I have, you have no idea. I've never sung in, front of, in, in public, never mind on camera, and then have to sing like an Elvis song.
1: It was one of our favorite, <laughs> favorite moments of the season, Victor. And I mean that in so all I've honesty. Got a really-
2: story for you about that. So originally in the script there was going to be this whole thing um where I started singing and then somebody pulled out a cell phone and started playing the song and then all of the carolers started joining in to sing and it became this huge like la la land like yeah. big musical piece. This was the last scene of the day we had 20 minutes to shoot the entire scene. <laughs> so all of that got scrapped and we had oh. two takes a steady cam set up for lighting i think maybe we did one pop on a close-up of her um, but we shot that entire scene in two takes and i think it works so much better just her and i connecting walking yeah. up, me being thoroughly embarrassed, singing by myself but that wasn't what was in the script that's what we had wow. to change and adapt
0: I, th- I agree with you 100%. It was so, so authentic. I would have loved to see the other version, like as a bonus, bonus. Yeah, uh, no, I, 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 yeah, the right. version
1: we get is like, you don't get to see that kind of vulnerability in Hallmark movies. Like you just don't get to see it. And I, th- I thought that was really yeah, good. Yeah,
2: I agree. Um, really
0: honest. Well, I guess we talked about Scorpion King. So let's talk about Hallmark uh, <laughs> and how you got started there. We didn't even get to uh, mention
1: Christmas ice-tastrophe. This is an ice-tastrophe. <laughs> oh,
2: that, is a, that is a masterpiece. Right? What is it
0: called? <laughs> Christmas ice catastrophe. Just really quick, give me the pitch. <laughs> what what are we what am I watching here? Cuz I'll watch it tonight. What am I watching? Oh, can oh, I just my, can is, I read is, you the it, IMDb me, plot? Uh, the plot. Yeah, let's the, hear it. A meteorite
1: brings ice and freezing temperatures which threatens to harm the residents of a small town at Christmas. I love it.
2: <laughs> Let me tell you the the adventures I got to have in that movie. I got to race a snowmobile I got to shoot a flamethrower. I got to um, uh, jump off of a speeding boat um, in the water. I don't know if that take made it in, but I think I'm just in, you know, racing in the water. I got to drive. Um, you know, hundred miles an hour down a road, um, and and do like um, a one eighty like sliding turn. Like I got to do so much fun stuff in that movie. Well, you're it number one. Awesome. You're
1: number one on the call sheet on this movie by IMDb. You're you're the first cast uh, member listed here on IMDb. Uh, mm-hmm. So he was the lead in that is, movie.
0: Is that what uh, is that what got you on Hallmark? <laughs> <laughs> Hallmark see see that and be like, this guy. If we tone it down a smidge, we might have something.
2: look christmas was in the title so it might have been you know subliminal messaging
0: how did uh how did it really happen how did you get on hallmark what uh what was i don't know what the first movie was but how did it all start for you there
2: um hallmark was um it was an offer uh to be in a movie called puppy love with candace cameron beret who i can't say enough good things about she's absolutely amazing uh, and i'm sure you hear that all the time oh yes um, we certainly do
0: she doesn't let us in, a, in, in, enjoy that like we haven't talked to her yeah, yet She won't but, come on our show, but Victoria, still so. it's fine but we're it not holding work. a grudge i'm sure she's great <laughs> <laughs>
2: um but yeah and it was you know um I was about we connect over finding uh my lose my dog she finds a dog and we connect over uh over that
1: so that was all the way back in 2012 which we missed that one. Mm-hmm. When do you come back and work for them again? Is it? It's not for a few years, then, is it?
2: No, I was I was off doing other stuff, and um, always knew that I wanted to come back. Hallmark is. They're such a great. It literally feels and i'm sure you hear this all the time it feels like a family they treat me really really well they take care of everybody well um every set that you work on everybody has a, you know mad respect for each other it's a well-oiled machine um there's never any drama so it you know i Man, love working like, for them
1: matt yeah and maybe my my comment about uh, you're not gonna get hired if you're not nice that's true on hallmark yeah. it's not true in in yes. re- regular
0: everyday life
2: Hallmark. I don't think they hire people that are uh, a pain in the butt. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I was like, I don't know, Dan. Have you heard about Harvey Weinstein? Like, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I. I. I'm sorry. I do ask that question. Hollywood's so nice. Yeah.
1: No. 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 I, I was talking about a hall, a Hallmark. Is what I was course, talking about. It's of course. Kinda, it's on of me. course. Um. So now you were in. It looks like Magic Stocking. Maybe your next one on Hallmark. So mm-hmm. you did three or four years. So is it every time? Like, do you just wait for a call from Hallmark and then you just see if it fits in your schedule? Is that pretty much how it works?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll read the script and see if it's something that, um, you know, I think that we would enjoy do, or that I would enjoy doing. And if it's a character, um, that I like, I mean, they're all fairly similar. Um, I also am interested to see who I'll be working with mm-hmm. who the female lead is. I, um, you've, I mean, worked, they have such a great,
1: you've worked with the, the heavy hitters of the network. I mean, you, you've worked with Candace Cameron Bure, Jill Wagner, mm-hmm. Bethany Joy Linz, and danica Mm mckeller and so you're you're working with the kind of like the the cream of the crop from a standpoint of notoriety not that there's any that they don't love on hallmark but that you say those names those are the big names is is that just coincidental how's that happen
2: um i don't know um not my not by my choice or by design on my end um but I think it's just internally, they, they decide who, who to put me with. And I've been very fortunate to work with some very, very talented actors.
0: And he was in, I believe, Lori Lachlan's last Christmas movie. That's right. So another heavy yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Lori
1: Lachlan! Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah, Lori. So Danica, mm-hmm. Candace, Lori... Uh, and, and Jill Wagner, and I, I've missed another MJL. one. And yeah. B.J.L. And Bethany Joy. Holy cow, man. If you get one with Lacey, <laughs> Lacey Chabert, I think you've pretty much done you it. Can hang that it you, you can, it can up, hang friend. it up, my friend. You're good to go.
2: <laughs> what more is that? Yeah, there? I just feel sorry for them having to work with me.
1: <laughs> Everybody, and I, we've we we we've talked to several people from Wind Calls the Heart about Lori, and uh, everyone, it's another person, everyone speaks so incredibly highly of uh, whenever we, we talk about her. Uh, but we had uh an actor on who was on When Calls the Heart and when he auditioned for the show Lori picked him up to take him to the audition <laughs> like that's we couldn't wow. believe we couldn't believe that that was a real thing that happened in real life like you
2: he, know that doesn't surprise me on the movie I worked on with her she knew everybody's name she brought you know the whole crew from When Calls the Heart um <laughs> She knew everybody's name. She knew what was going on in their life. She was so respectful to everybody. Went out of her way just to make everybody feel comfortable. I don't have a single bad word to say about her. Yeah. You
1: know? Yeah, that uh that, that seems to be the take.
0: I think twenty twenty two, I think she'll be back. She'll be back
1: on Wing Calls the Heart. She'll be back on Hallmark. I mean what
2: what are you do you got? Hollywood Hollywood it's a good comeback story, so sure. I wouldn't be surprised.
1: Yeah, and what she did wasn't in Hallmark's camp of immoral uh, to the standpoint of we can't bring you back on either. Like, what she did, she, you can kind of move on, and you can get, get another chance. I mean, it just is what it is. And I think, you know, in all honesty, I think everybody wants to see her back on the network. I mean, wh- why not?
0: I'd just give her another shot. For Let's sure. um, yeah. talk about Five Star really quick, because it's the most recent Christmas movie, and the most recent movie we saw you in. We were shooting the stuff a little bit beforehand and talking about how much we loved it. It was yeah. both of our favorite movie of uh the deliver, holiday season delivered by christmas yeah, yeah. that and delivered by christmas yeah. it's great super different uh when you first saw the script were you like man this is a this is a, a special one especially in this genre in this world what was your first reaction when you read the script and you saw all that was going on in this movie
2: i love the comedy in it i love that they really pushed the comedy and they were going for it and and um, you know, I haven't read a lot of scripts where they, they in the script, the comedy was written there and they were really going for it. I had a talk with the director, Christy Woolwolf, and she was like, no, we're going for it. We've got a green light to, to make this a comedy and an ensemble comedy. And I was like, I'm in, let's do it. And everybody brought their A-game and such a diverse cast. And like I said, everybody brought... Um, just something so fantastic. And there's so many ad libs in this movie that weren't in the script and so many things that we tweaked and and just, you know, tried to build upon. It was it was awesome. It
1: felt like the most organic Hallmark movie I'd seen. And that probably is because the, the ad libs or because it's not in that same similar nine act structure that has the same rises and falls. I mean, it has some of that, but it does feel like a very organic ensemble piece of work. Is that the one you're most proud of? Of all all your, like, we'll we'll take Matchmaker out because you're kind of promoting Matchmaker. Of the movies, is that the one you're most proud of for homework? Um, or does another one stick out? yeah
2: actually like if i was to say hey watch one of my hallmark movies uh the one that kind of stands out for me i mean like you said they're all they're all great uh, but that would be the one i think is the most unique and probably the most fun
0: yeah like to, to to show you how different this movie is like the the blue christmas story and this amazing moment with you singing it like, we don't even get the full story. And the way that they chop it up and they edit the movie, like, we don't even get the full story. And so to take this and traditional hallmark, this would have been a huge part of yes, the story because it's going to be a big part of the romantic gesture at the end. And in this movie, it is a part of it, but it's like this is going to be between the two of them. That's right. And you don't need to be privy to all the information. And at the end, the, the reaction is going to be what what... like shows you how much they love each other. Like that's really different from homework and really great.
2: Yeah. I don't, and and that moment is alluded to by the campfire Yep. and uh, where she talks about it. And there's a whole, that whole speech in the very beginning of that is all ad-libbed by uh, Bethany joy. And um, it was great. And she did a whole bunch of different versions of it. And it was just, we had to get into talking about it and how somehow weave that in, um, in an organic way. Um, and then it was just a moment between us and we didn't need to, to, um, water it down or dumb it down for the audience because I believe people that watch Hallmark are very smart and they just get it. Like you don't need to spell everything out for them. And it's about the sentiment of the two characters at the end, at the end of the day, you didn't need to know everything that led up to it.
0: For sure. Absolutely. Um, let's talk about matchmaker, uh, quickly Danica, just uh, amazing career, obviously, Um, also seems super sweet. We were trying to get her before the, the latest one and it just didn't work out time-wise, but maybe one of these days. Um, but she seems fantastic. I think it's Andrew Walker who said that she, uh, she's the most prepared person he's ever worked with, like notes in the margins and just all over the place. Is that kind of what it was like working with her? This is your third one with her, obviously, so you're, you're used to it. But what's it like working with her and the mystery aspect versus the traditional Hallmark rom-com fall in love?
2: Um, She's extremely prepared. She's also a producer on the movies. Yeah. Um, So she's involved in every aspect from the very beginning of it. And she knows exactly what she wants to do. And she has her notes written down. She's very prepared. But she is also open to collaborating and... um, being given notes by the director and she's all about making it the best movie that it can possibly be. And it's not just about, well, this is the way I want to do it. This is how I'm doing it. Yeah. She's clearly done all of her work. And I think I've only ever heard her mess her lines up once or twice (laughs) ever in three movies. Like she does not mess up. Um, but like I said, she's also very open to, to adjusting and collaborating.
0: She's a producer. Do you know if she got to pick you, like the person she was working opposite
2: of? Um, I don't know. I can't imagine anybody doing that. Let's say yes. So. Let's just say yes. Victor. I think it,
0: I think I think she saw
2: we you. We just got word right? from
1: our producer. Yes, that yes. is what happened. Danica chose Victor Webster. We'll start that rumor right so we here. Say Victor
2: Webster? Oh yeah, let's pick him. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: For sure.
0: Uh are we ready for or are we ready for rapid fire? I think we should do rapid fire. Let's, let's do it. Do. it We're each gonna uh, ask you three out. questions. You have to answer Nova. as quickly and honestly as possible. Cat, come on.
2: Is that your Sorry, my dog is dog. licking up my cat's throw up. Hey, Nova, no.
0: <laughs> and things are picking right, up so- here. <laughs> yeah. Things are getting crazy. Uh, we're going to each ask you three questions. Answer as quickly and honestly as possible. More on the honesty, less than the quick. Dan.
1: Yeah, the thing in Canada that the United States just doesn't make as well, or like isn't as good here as it is in
0: Canada.
2: Poutine.
1: Mmm, the great, it's like a gravy cheese thing. Like, I've never had it, but that's what it I.
2: It's french fries with cheese curds and gravy on top, and yeah. you can get crazy. You can put bacon, you mm-hmm. can do all kinds of stuff in there, but definitely um, poutine.
0: Okay. I you 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 told us the elephant story (laughs) phenomenal I just want I want to make sure we don't miss anything or leave anything on the cutting room floor is there a stunt that tops that? like in your career or that even comes close to being thrown across
2: the the room by an elephant 13 13 times times? (laughs) um no, there's some some that are that are up there. Um, well, actually, no. Yes, there is. Oh, um, so I shot a movie. I'm gonna make this as fast as possible. You're fine. I shot a movie in China. It's called Wings Over Everest, and um, incredible, like fun movie. And they recreated Everest on an outdoor set. Part of the movie, um, you guys are never gonna see it, so it doesn't matter. I'm not. I'll, I'll spoil it. I'm hanging off the edge of a cliff, um, and. I'm supposed to be fighting for my life, and then I end up getting let go and falling to my death. So, while we're shooting that, I get hooked up to a, a wire um, harness and a wire rig, and I'm like, I should probably see um, what is actually going to be saving my life, and I, and what kind of machine they have? Is is it a decelerator? You know, what kind of you know equipment do they have down there? And I look, and it's literally five dudes about 110 pounds each holding a rope and I'm 80 feet up in the air and I look down and I'm like well hold on hold on um I need to see somebody on this before I go um now mind you leading up to this standing on set there's a huge green screen about 30 feet high and about 25 feet uh wide and um it was just after lunch and we were standing there blocking and the guys holding the ropes during a windy day fell asleep and the thing came crashing down and missed me by about six inches and would have definitely have killed me. Um, so that, (laughs) and, uh, blowing, you know, snow in our faces, uh, and the type of snow that they were using has been outlawed in the States for over 10 years um the nurse on set giving me the wrong kind of medication uh for a cough that made me violently ill for about six days until i had my doctor look into it and said you're on the wrong medication and i've been throwing up for six days while taking this oh, so it was craziness gosh. It was after all of that so now we're leading up to this right and there's a few more things but <laughs> so i had them put a guy, this is like okay, we're gonna send a guy up there. So they send a guy up and the guy's like half my size and weight. I'm like, no, you got you need to send two guys up here because I'm two hundred and forty pounds and with all this equipment on, I'm about two sixty with all this like, you know, exploring equipment. And so they showed me and everything, but when I actually did it the first time, I guess the guys weren't expecting because the guys were just like slowly dropping off in this scene. I'm supposed to violently go back. And I probably dropped about 10 or 11 feet um, and sheer like the rope must have just slid right out of their hands and i've got a few cardboard boxes from 80 feet up to kind of block my fall and i i probably lost about five years of my life and about (laughs) about 40 or 50 more cares um so yeah that was a crazy story dude. was
0: the budget on this movie 10 bucks <laughs> like what in the world no I, it, was, it was
2: they do things differently well over there, i clicked wow. it
0: i clicked it on imdb
1: and the trailer looks like yeah. a very big budget film i just hope you got paid it a lot of a money budget. V- victor for this because that sounds absurd the movie looks like oh, a dude, we could do time. a
2: whole podcast just on that movie alone and the stuff that went down oh my it's goodness insane Oh boy! I just okay. Didn't. So sorry, sorry for uh, sorry for uh, rambling on. No. No, no, no,
1: no. Rapid fire is not about your response being quick.
2: It's not a great name.
0: It's
1: a bad name. It's a bad name. Hi, we
0: should call it. We should call it triple fire or something. Triple,
1: triple, fire, triple the level, the triple boys. stack.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> well, we're just brainstorming. You,
1: you are Let's you were in the movie because this is going to be a slow one too. You were in the movie Surrogates, and I have listen to a lot of podcasts and listen to a lot of people talk about Bruce Willis. Do you have a Bruce Willis story? Because I feel like everybody has one. Do you have a Bruce Willis story? And if you don't, the answer is just no. And that's fine.
2: No, Bruce was super cool to me. Um, uh, I had, I played the helicopter pilot and in this one scene and we had to fly around and he was in the helicopter with me and, you know, um, I mean, he, listen, he's been doing this business for years and years and years and he expects people to be on their game. He is on his game. He comes ready to work and stuff. He doesn't want to come and show up to set and sit around while people are still dinking around with lights and things like this. Like when you're done, call me, I'll come to set. So the only thing that ever happened with Bruce was he just got upset when he would be continually called to set and have to just sit around. He's like, call me when you're ready and I will come to work. Yeah. I have got stuff do in between, you know, um, but that was it. He got a little upset at somebody for, you know, continually wasting his time, which I can understand to a certain degree, but that was the only Bruce Willis well, that, story. I well, had Kevin that,
1: Kevin Smith that. says there's a, it's called BWT Bruce Willis time. And he says, if he shows up and everything's not ready to go, he will walk back in his trailer. He's not going to waste his time. You're on Bruce. Exactly Willis. You're on Bruce Willis time. It better be ready to go. And if not, he's going to be in a set. And, and Kevin Smith was like, look, we went out drinking afterwards. He's a cool dude. I wrote some stuff for him. I rewrote some of his scenes. He loved me. But if he was not coming to set, if it was not ready to go. And, and it's so interesting that, and that's not the only one I've heard. I've heard like three podcasts say that. So it seems to be foul pole to foul pole that that's how he operates.
2: One hundred percent, and you know, and if he's been in this business that long, and you know you're ready, then call him to set when you're ready. And he's you know, earned that
1: right. If you're diehard, you've earned that right. I like
2: to think whenever he <laughs> like nails My it,
1: he just Christmas
0: movie, by the way. That's right. What? Yeah, yeah sure. you get it. You yeah, get sure, it.
1: Sure, we sure. argue about this. Yeah. I think it's a Christmas movie. I
0: no, I don't I don't not th- I I will say <laughs> if you like me, I have to come to terms with the fact that Die Hard is a Christmas movie because it is the same thing as Home Alone. <laughs> yeah, like yes. Home Alone is a Christmas movie. Yeah. Kevin's getting broke. Like, it's action. It takes place at Christmas. If you think it's a Christmas movie, you have to say, Diaries right. Christmas that's movie. Right. And so I have come to terms yeah. with it. Yeah. Yes, it's a Christmas movie. I but yes. I like to think when he nails his lines, he just says, Yippee K.A. <laughs> like, I like to think that's huge. Um. <laughs> Man, I would hang out with you all day. And so let's just say if we're gonna go to California, which we do from time to time, we're gonna hang out. We're we're gonna gonna spend the day. day. We got got a day in California. You're taking us somewhere. What are we doing? Spell out the day for us. Uh, Pitch it to Uh, us, and we'll let you know if we're on board.
2: (laughs) All right. Well, first, uh, we're we're, um, we're gonna have to pick you up at the airport in style. So we're going to, I'm going to have to pick you up, um, in some sort of old convertible Cadillac yeah. muscle car or something Love it. Then we're going to phone We're getting donuts in the morning. Yep. And then we're going to go down to the beach. We'll probably hang out down there, maybe play a little bit of volleyball, swim whatever. But then we'll go on motorcycle rides. Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. If you guys don't ride, we'll, put you in, we'll, we'll get you in the, we'll get you in a sidecar if you don't ride.
1: <laughs> sidecar baby.
2: Um, yeah. All right. Perfect. And then, uh, I don't know, we'll do something adventurous. We'll, uh, do some go-kart racing. Maybe we'll do some, uh, throw some axes in the backyard, uh, do something fun like that. And then, um, I don't know, maybe uh, we chill out in the backyard, have a couple cocktails. Um, and then we'll go I have a favorite barbecue place called Boneyard Bistro up the street. Uh, we'll go and get some, uh, brisket. We'll get some ribs, um, Man. we'll do some fried macaroni and cheese balls. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we'll end the night off with a nightcap watching some sort of awesome action movie in the theater room in the back. Ooh,
1: theater! This. Maybe wings over Everest in the theater room. Maybe. Oh, oh could, boy. Could
2: we do, yeah, could we do, we I haven't even seen the movie yet. I don't know. I haven't seen could it. Could we dude. do wings
1: over Everest ice Tastrophe double feature? Could we do that in the theater room?
2: Oh Yes. <laughs> Yeah, that would be I think there'll be a lot of tequila involved in that for me. But just yeah. just promise me this, Meg. If
0: we do get to hang out, which I would love to you will do us yeah. the solid of letting us watch Wings Over Everest with you for the first Please. time.
2: I, I, if you if you guys can find it, I will watch it. I yeah. don't know what, even how to get it. Oh, oh we'll get it. Get it. <laughs> oh, well, I'll find. I'll I'll call a
0: guy. I don't. I'll do whatever I have I think to my
2: do. Send me a link for it a while back, but I haven't actually checked it out. Wow,
1: I love it. Um, all right, so take yeah. the take Boneyard out of play. The best meal in Los Angeles is.
2: Uh the best meal taking boneyard out. That's that's a tough one. Um I I like a I I like a lot of flavors. I like a lot of different things. That's what I'm talking about so there's a there's a couple good uh Mexican places, you can get some enchiladas and some chips and guac, or there's a great Indian place uh, that we mm. love. We we'll get some butter chicken, get some uh, Papadon with mango chutney. Let's go uh maybe some uh samo um some, uh, some uh, what is it? Samosas. Yeah. I keep getting it mixed up with the with the Girl Scout cookies, the samoa Samosas, Samoas. The Samoas, <laughs> <not> <laughs> Samoas. What, that what would, would be an interesting
1: well. combo though, for sure. A little dunk dunk.
2: <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: No, I, uh, I just want to, I think Victor and I would have a good time just eating through Los Angeles because oh, everything great. he's talking about, percent barbecue to Mexican to Asian food, I'm in. Let's do it yeah. right now. And donuts, too. Yeah. Bring it. Have you, have you had a Krispy Kreme donut, hot now off the line? Have you had one before?
2: 100% I have. My um, fiance is gluten-free, so I'm gluten-sympathetic. Oh, God uh, bless I don't you. eat gluten around her or any of that, oh. so but uh, sometimes when I go to Home Depot to get some stuff, um, I'll sneak into Krispy Kremes <laughs> and, and I don't, I'll get four donuts. I'll probably do four at once. And I'll just cram them down yeah. on the ride home, yep. and still see some icing on the seats, be like, <laughs> where did you go?
0: <laughs> Man, I love it. I'll, I'd have way more fun with you than I would with Paul Green. Paul Green's <laughs> day just makes me sad. Paul Green's just giving me vegetables throughout the day. And I'm like, Paul, stop.
2: Yeah, Good style. Try. No, it's Paul. Cool. He's awesome. He's that. He's, he's got that best. very holistic kind of hippie yeah. lifestyle, which is. Yeah. Which is amazing. No, it's, it works for him. I have a bunch of friends and mutual friends with him. He's a great guy. A great oh, guy. he
1: is a great dude. He's come on the show several times. He. What's great about Victor though is that he's like outdoor adventure, but also I'm gonna eat four donuts that's at right. once. Right, and that's that's, that's, that's what I aspire to be. That's like, right. That's the guy Boy, that I'm. It's all like, about
2: balance. It's <laughs> all about balance,
0: baby. <laughs> that's right. Um, last question: Between modeling and acting, you've been able to travel the globe, see so, so many cool places. Uh, if you were to, to, to move to one of the places you've been outside of the US, outside of Canada, you're going somewhere else around the world to live for the rest of your life, where are you going?
2: Um, that's a really good question. Uh, that would, it, it would have to be Europe, um, maybe Cinque Terre in Italy. Um, maybe Barcelona, Spain, or uh, Mallorca is pretty awesome as well.
1: Wow. Love it. Man,
0: gave us three answers. So good. Um, this has yeah, been wonderful. Well, I mean,
2: I, I fell in love with um, with uh, Barcelona. I, we, I did the running of the Bulls two years ago, which is probably not a very popular topic.
1: You did but the running uh, of the Bulls. Like, you ran... You yeah. ran. <laughs>
2: Yeah, Come on! I did. How are, are you not on the Dos Equis
1: right commercials? Like you should be the guy who's the most <laughs> the most interesting man in the world. Like you're just holding back on us over here. He's a running with the bulls, eating we're, donuts. We're over an hour in, and he just <laughs> casually tosses out. He did the running of the
2: bulls. Are you kidding yeah, me right okay, now? This is carbo, carbo loading. Man, he some <laughs> donuts right, before the run. <laughs> yeah, there's three sections. There's the running of the bulls. Then there's the the. Um, bull ring where you get locked in the closed bull ring with the adolescent really angry fast bulls and i got picked up by two bulls and completely (laughs) ass over tea kettle thrown at the end (laughs) my 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 girlfriend at the time she's yelling at me she's like victor victor i'm like what a medic grabs me and pulls me out of the bull ring and i'm like what what let's go and i'm like running around with like a, a chicken with my head cut off and she goes, are you okay? And I'm saying, yeah, I'm fantastic. Why? She said, look at yourself. And I look down, I'm covered in blood. I've got my 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 arm is, I have a big scar on my arm. And I, I put a bull tattoo over it. I got a, a running of the bulls tattoo. Um, I got blood on the side of my head. I'm like covered in dirt. And the medic starts washing out my cut. And uh, they're like, you're done for the day. You're done. <laughs> and the third part is the bullfighting, which I'm not a big fan of. because I don't like. You know, the the old school bullfighting where they kill the bulls. And no, all that. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm yeah. not a part of that. Yeah, <laughs> The new, new bullfighting is amazing. The ones where they do flips over the bulls and avoid the bulls, but then don't kill the bull. I'm all for that. In for, in for that.
0: that. I'm with you there. Your manager has to love you. He calls you, hey, man, we got a, we got a potential role. Sorry, I just got hit by a bull. We'll talk soon. Dude, oh, I love that's it. That's unbelievable. Victor, thank you so much, my friend. This was so much You've fun. You've been unreal, man. So much so fun. Great. We'll have to have you back on again soon uh tell
2: everybody how they can uh, would look forward to that
0: keep track of you on the social medias and and follow you along and all that i kind mean
2: stuff. i have a I i have the the facebook and i have the twitter i don't really use it i do live tweets on that but i do use my instagram quite a bit it is um i am victor webster and then i also have a photography page which is just victor webster photography
0: right, um, fantastic thanks love so it. much man victor thanks so much and we always end thanks, every guys. episode by wishing our guests a very merry, merry christmas, christmas.
1: Deck the Hallmark is a Bramble Jam podcast recorded live in, yeah, that Greenville, South Carolina is produced by Brandon Gray, set decor by Plum Haywood Mall. For more information on all Bramble Jam podcasts, you can go to BrambleJampodcast.com. For more information on how to listen to Deck the
0: Hallmark ad-free, you can go to BrambleJamPlus.com.